man, you there? Yo, what's good? How's it going, man? Hey, it's Will. Calm back. Hey, it's all good time. Michael from Vsauce here. <laughs> Do you ever watch those videos? Yeah, but <laughs> that is such a, a quite a unique reference. I think people know him. Fine. Welcome back to the catch up. It's boring old Will and Noah. Hi, it's Noah. I started away from the mic because I wasn't sure we were going to use that take, but now we are. Um, I thought of that because I just saw a meme that was uh, uh, a Black Lives Matter activist that I follow tweeted, um, name like one white person from the past hundred years that deserves a statue, um, implying that there are none. And someone commented with a picture of Michael from Vsauce. <laughs> <laughs> True. Valid. Valid. All right. I got to head so- out. All right, it's good talking yeah, to you, man. Yeah, have a good quality one. episode. Yep, bring that music in. What's up, man? I'm good, man. As you know, uh, I did just have wings, and um, I've kind of had this idea about wings uh, for a while, kind of a better way to do wings. Um, and I, I shared that with the person uh, with whom I was eating, and they thought it was a pretty good idea, too. Um, a couple other people that I've shared this idea with thought it was a pretty good idea. So I... Uh, I asked if we could put this on the show, and we just decided to go go full bore and just do Ketchup Shark Tank. Is that right? Yeah, Ketchup Shark Tank, baby. Yeah, beautiful. Enter the theme music. All right, so we're very we're familiar with Shark Tank, correct? Everyone, everyone knows the rules. The main difference. Yeah, well, g- good call. Some of our listeners might not. Uh, good, go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so say I am an investor, a big businessman. You come to me. You say, I have this product. I'm seeking a 3% share for $40,000 million. And I'll either say, I'm into that. And here's my counter deal. Or I'll say, I'm out. This doesn't interest me. And then if we have a deal, we shake hands, I give you the money, we're partners. Sure. Main differences. Uh, one, neither of us have money attached to these ideas, so the money part Correct. is not real. And then two, I'm not sharing any of my actual startup ideas. Okay. But I do, think that this uh, is, I do think that this is a marketable, not as a standalone business, but I do think a restaurant should, should use this idea. Okay, great. So let me announce your idea the way that the announcer on Shark Tank. Great. Will. I've actually never watched Shark Tank, or maybe like one um, time. My God, I've watched so much Shark Tank. I love that show. Anyway, first up into the tank is a young entrepreneur. First up in the tank is a young entrepreneur from Washington D.C., twenty-eight years old, <laughs> and thirty-five year, forty years old, and with a new idea. Please welcome Will. Okay, so this is this is actually not a new idea. This idea uh, started. We used to eat quite a lot of wings in college at Murphy's um hell yeah shout, dude. shouts to murphy's that murder did not affect our demand for that place <laughs> at all uh, two murders nope uh, someone got shot and we said we want to go back yeah <laughs> yeah um we barely left i mean we hung out there like the night <laughs> some two people got shot yeah yeah we hung around yeah. um in any case so so two issues associated with wings right the end the the last wings that you get in a basket of wings are soggy and cold. Um, that's a problem, yeah. kind of at face value. Like the the whole the, the best wing possible is the first wing where it's like nice and crispy but still covered in sauce. Correct? Kind of. Can we agree on that? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, and yeah. then kind of uh, a secondary problem is that like 
kitchens have like a minimum number of wings uh, that you can get of each flavor, right? Because they don't want to have to do like one wing of each flavor. And so it's hard to try a bunch of different wings. Fair? Fair. So far, so good. All right. I got the solution, right? The cook doesn't toss the wings. The cook uh, brings to your table this thing. It's kind of like you can imagine kind of a specially designed uh, Lazy Susan for wing sauces with with a non-dressed, non-tossed wings in the center. Um, so they come out, it's just piping hot fried chicken, and it's on like something of a hot plate to keep them warm. Um, it could even just be like, I was thinking, no technology necessary, just like a cast iron skillet that's been like warmed in the oven because it'll stay hot for forever. So you just come okay. out with the crispy hot wings in the center and then a bunch of bowls of different sauces. You toss your own wing or you dip your own wing and then you eat it. And every one is hot and crispy. Um, and not soggy, and you can also try as many uh, wings as you have, as many flavors as you want, because it just comes with a bunch of different little bowls of sauce. So it takes labor off of the kitchen, uh, brings kind of a new fun experience to the wing eater, and they get more variety of better wings. It kind of, it's kind of reminds me of like um, hot pot or something. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing the work. Yeah, you're doing the work, which like at face value. Uh, like people don't like to do work. I think you can market this as I think it's it will be about the marketing and the messaging. But I would love this shit because I love I wings I, and I eat a lot of yeah. them. Well, not recently because I haven't found a wing place here. But like anything more, a, a bowl with any more than six tossed wings at once almost guarantees that like your sixth wing uh, or your last wing, however however large it is, is just like of subpar quality. You're right. See, I. Well, I thought you were going to pitch something that had to do with the cleanliness after, like cleaning up your hands after. No, that's a weird thing to think that I would pitch. Okay, well, you know, that's, you know, that's my problem with wings. It's a faucet in your cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but push back okay. on it. Where, where wouldn't, it, wouldn't it go well? I, I've got a couple ideas where I think it wouldn't go well. Where wouldn't it go well? A, you said it before, people are lazy. But Maybe. The, yeah, my countered... <clears throat> my counter to that is people like doing crafty stuff with their food. So that's a, that's a win in your True. column. Um, where it would go wrong. <sighs> hmm. I'd, I, I just, honestly, it's hard for me to think of people adopting a new way to eat wings more than anything. Fair. Else. I mean, yeah, the kind of like typical client profile, uh, for a wing eater is kind of like a bonehead. Um, right. One thing one thing that I could see it kind of going uh, just like a snag is, uh, you know, you don't need any like special gear for this. Like I said, I think the the simplest way to do this would be uh, like a cast iron skillet or something that you already have um, full of just the raw, not the raw, the, the non-dressed wings. And then like a bunch of little stainless steel bowls that you that you bring out. Um, mm-hmm. So like that's basically like no capital investment uh, on part of the restaurant. But I think it would work best and the kind of the workflow would be most evident from the point of the the consumer if it was like kind of all like one piece. There's like a hot plate at the center with them like a, so you can envision like a circular hot plate on which um, like a pan or, or tray of wings sits. And then yeah. there's like a lazy Susan uh, thing full of different sauces and like tongs and like shit to put on it. Um, like basically a lazy Susan of small stainless steel bowls. You spin the lazy Susan towards you with the whatever barbecue sauce toss your wing in the bowl mix it around take it out with the tongs and put it in your on your plate and then eventually in your face 
So I think it would be That's... better to have kind of this all-in-one like workflow tool for the wings. But I think that yeah. uh, like what restaurant is going to buy, you know, if, if you decide to roll this out, you need to have enough for every table to get one. You have to prepare for like two or three tables getting it. Like no one's going to buy three new hot plate things. Even like the cheapest possible manufacturing of that is going to be like, you know, cost $35 to make. That's exactly. And then, uh, you know, you sell it for, you got to make some profit on selling it. Right. As my, as I'm in Shark Tank right now, I would say, what are your cost of goods? Uh, what are you retailing for? What, uh, what's your distribution strategy? Well, I haven't you really know. gotten to that yet. Well, for that reason, I'm out. Oh, fuck you. Fine. Yeah, that does make sense. I have literally zero viable business plan. <laughs> also, the probably the most important question, because I think a lot of like a lot of entrepreneurial ideas, and then I'll go down the rabbit hole, and then I realize someone's already done it. So I have no idea if anyone has done this. I, that's true. What's funny is I've actually been sitting on this idea and thinking about it like once or twice a year for like probably close to five years. <laughs> and I've never Googled like, is there like, do I, does anybody serve this like this? I don't think so, though. No, I mean I've never heard of it, and I've I eat wings about once a year. Yeah, you you were a big I, fan. You attended the wing establishment. You weren't really part of the wing <laughs> the wing boy crew, though. Yeah, everyone made fun of me because I would often just get buffalo chicken sandwiches instead. Yeah, it's like what we got, but worse. It's okay. Nah, I won't yuck your yum. You're doing fine. No, I do. I I do love wings. I like them a lot. Um, I gotta be honest. The first time you said lazy Susan, I thought you meant a lazy boy. And I was trying to picture a lazy boy full of wings and sauce. Fair. We need a... We need I was a, like, how is that convenient? Actually, yeah. No, yeah, that, that was definitely not what I meant. What would the name for this thing be? Um, well, it has to be a, a pun on wings. So I'm thinking about... There's a chain called Atomic Wings, and I'm thinking about these bowls kind of orbiting the center hot plate. It's almost like atomic. It's like a nucleus. <laughs> nucleus wings. The wing nucleus. Well, wing, wing. I think wing. I think it. cooks would love this. Um, it, there's less time fucking around, um, tossing the wings, uh, and all that. Way less on dishwashers. Oh no, that's not true at all. Just just for the no, cooks. No, I was gonna say. Um, yeah, probably way more on dishwashers actually. Dishwashers hate it. <laughs> dishwashers. <laughs> this one simple <laughs> trick. Dishwashers. Dishwashers hate. <laughs> um yeah i think i think cooks would like it more um yeah yeah i say go for it man all right so first things first just to get this out of the way first things first i gotta start a restaurant (laughs) successful pub and then and then i'll go uh to implement yeah and on my end i like we said i do not have money to support this. yeah i'll get back to you with the things that you wanted the cost and the distribution strategy and everything thank you do like a pro forma or something yeah Yep. I got to be honest. I don't know what that word means, but I hear it at work a lot. So, Yeah, I've definitely used that term professionally before, like pro forma financial statements. But uh, yeah, exactly. I, I don't totally know what that means. It was like a requirement of one of my projects. <laughs> a like, client will okay. be like, can you run a quick pro forma for us? And then we'll be like, Haha, yeah. I feel like it's like, it's like it's like closely associated with doing due diligence. Like we reviewed yes, their think... pro formas. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have an invention. Great. I'm, I'm ready. Uh, okay. Hit me. Next up in the Shark Tank, uh, he he has a beard. <laughs> Weighing in at ninety five pounds. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, a <Okay>. defeated champion. <laughs> <laughs> no sure. So, so you know how you swim in bathing suits, right? I do. What about bathing pants? <laughs> you know. All right. So, so these do me a solid. Frame pants. it in terms of the issue, right? Okay. 
So you, you swim, right? You're swimming, and you don't have waterproof pockets to put your phone in and your wallet and keys, all the stuff you need in the, in the water, your keys and such. Um, and suddenly you swim upon a bar in the water, and you go, oh, I need my ID because I need to get a drink. You either reach in, you don't have your wallet because you're in the water, or your wallet and all your money is soaked. So, bathing pants would have pockets that are waterproof. You, you put them in, you zip them up, and you look stylish while doing it. The bathing pants would come in uh, uh, jean colors. Can, can I back up? Just, can I back up before we get to the style? Sure. Okay, so it sure. seems like the problem that you're trying to solve, you need to implement waterproof pockets, which I'll get to in a second. Waterproof pockets in the bathing suit, but not, like, why does it have to be pants? <laughs> Can't you just have waterproof pockets on shorts? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, okay, got it. Because the water would then come up through the short. Get the other part of the pant, the wet. Okay, so yeah, the, the wetness problem is, is actually the more important one. So <laughs> I'm just trying to trace out, like, actually using this thing. My, my pants are underwater, <laughs> so if I take something out of my pants, it, it, before it gets to the air, it's still in water. <laughs> I mean, do you jump? Do you jump out, take it out, and then, and then you land back in in kind of one fell swoop? You do a little, <laughs> little leg lift. Got it. Got it. Got it. And raise one leg out of the air. It actually seems like the best iteration of this might be um, like a waterproof pocket in a swimming hat, because <laughs> then it's most likely to be out of the water. Okay, I'm open. You open to it? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. how you get my money. <laughs> sure. Um, but. What really would sell this is everyone nowadays wants to look stylish on Instagram and, and Facebook and Snapchat. And um, this would, you know, comes in all si- sorts of sizes and, and styles. You ever, you know, peop- jumpsuits are all the rage now, overalls. Why not make those all swimming mm. gear? And that way, um, you're just prepared for all seasons that you'd be swimming in. So what do you I think? I feel like you I'm didn't ask, take this ask... seriously, Noah. Oh, I took it seriously. This is my number one idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so I'm seeking a a one percent share of my company for a million dollars. Wow. You're a hundred million dollar company. Oh yeah. What's your annual revenue right now? One dollar. One dollar. Nice. It's a pretty aggressive valuation. I like that though. I'm not totally out. I just. I feel like I'm going places, you know, so why not value it high? What is your social media influencer strategy? I'm going to hire the top swimmers in the country to wear my bathing pants. Nice. Yeah, you're talking Phelps. You're talking any other <laughs> No swimmers. one can name another swimmer <laughs> besides Michael Phelps. We're talking so, Usain Bolt of swimming. <laughs> Who's American? We're talking... We're talking fish. Yeah. We're talking <laughs> fish wear my bathing pants. All right. Yeah, I'm in. I'm fuck it. I'm okay, down. Okay, great. Awesome. Uh, your idea is cool, too. Yeah. I mean, there is always Tinder for fights. That's a good one. <laughs> Rumbler. We'll be right back. Today's show is brought to you by Funny T-Shirts. Take me drunk. I'm home. Okay, today on the show, we're doing something special. Often we get requests uh, for music, for put more music in the show. 
do more music. We'd love to hear more music. And so today we thought we would honor that request by playing our own music. Yeah, people liked when we did the uh, the theme music competition. And uh, that, w- that was where I got most of my feedback that we should do more music. So uh, we got a couple songs for you. So Will's going to do a song. Noah's going to do a song. So because these are not being recorded live, uh, we should probably say the names of the songs, right? Sure. What, what will you be playing today, Noah? I will be playing Run Around Sue by Dion and the Belmonts. Nice. Oh, shit. I didn't decide which of mine. or <laughs> Mine will be either Upwards and Over the Mountain uh, by uh, Iron and Wine or Dirty Clean by Porches. Whichever one I do, it's dedicated to my mommy because it's her birthday the day that this is coming out. And whichever one I do is dedicated to anybody named Sue. And my mom for her birthday. And your mom for her nice. birthday. Nice. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday, Marge. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I am dirty, I am clean 
Today's episode and the following message are brought to you by Moms. Do you have sunscreen? Welcome back to the catch-up. Uh, thank you for the beautiful music contribution by Will. That was by Skirt. Oh, right. Sorry. And what about the one by me? Actually, yeah. Great song, too, right? We had said that we're, we're both Skirt. It's like the, oh, we, we had compared yeah. it to the office of the president. It's like whoever's playing music on this show at any given time, they are then skirt. Right. So we are all skirt. Thank you. Yeah. Praise be his glorious name <laughs> forever and ever. 
Um, so, Will, what the fuck have you been reading? <laughs> um, I'm reading a history of the Affordable Care Act called boring Ameri- yeah it, it's not great radio content um it's called america's bitter pill by stephen brill now it's about obamacare or it's about healthcare in general it's about i mean it's kind of hard to tackle one without the other um well it, it's hard to tackle obamacare without kind of giving some broader context on healthcare. uh quickly though it is interesting his name was actually uh stephen kill but he is a blood so he pronounces it brill <laughs> it was Krill, but now it's Brill. It's like a Vince Staples or y- YG. Nice, nice. Um, still <laughs> wow. brazy. Yeah. It's actually crazy. Every, um, you know, every C in the book is actually just a B. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been terrible for his Yeah, editor. Max Bacchus drafted the bill. <laughs> or no, fuck that. That wouldn't make any sense. It's the ABA. <laughs> it's the ABA. It's the ACA. Um, um d- does it get to trump in the book or did was he not elected? no i'm like three quarters of the way through and we're in like implementation of it um and the only thing i'll say uh, is like i kind of forget how like you really don't have to be a policy expert to be a legislator like legislators just paint with super super broad strokes and then like let the actual implementers flesh out like the real law um and that's like mm. super super clear with obamacare um how so like all of the key points like all of the real teeth um to the extent that it that it kind of has sharp teeth at all um were decisions made like down the line at the regulator level like secretary of health and human services kathleen sebelius um yeah just, i don't know it's it's i mean i didn't really come super well prepared for this but it's just broad strokes that's really my only <laughs> commentary were uh answer me this are the death panels real so the death panels could refer to a lot of different things. Uh, there's actually like no clear consensus on like where that narrative came from or what it was addressing. It was most likely uh, referring to uh, a board of kind of Medicaid and Medicare spending overseers, uh, where if spending for Medicare in particular got too high, so Medicare is uh, our program that cares for the elderly, um, if the spending yes. got too high, it would kick in uh, this review board that kind of had pretty broad authority to cut costs on Medicare. Um, that was kind uh, of what folks thought the death panel might be. Um, those boards have not been th- those. Uh, actually, we recently got the annual report of the uh, like last month. It was the annual report of the board of trustees of Medicare and Medicaid. Um, and we the kind of the real the real important piece of information in that like staggeringly long, dense and boring report um, was kind of like, did those spending increases accelerate to the point of, of triggering these spending boards? And they hadn't. So that's not going to happen for, for at least a couple of years, it looks like. So everyone's safe. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, insofar as like maintaining an already basically underfunded <laughs> safety net program is safe. Yes, everyone is, is safe. Great. Love it. Um, But more interested in, and I think everyone in the entire world is more interested in uh, (laughs) the book that you've been reading. Uh, What have you been up to? I've been reading a book called The Road to Jonestown, Jim Jones and the People's Temple. Nice. Jim Jones. Um, So this is uh, the circa 2007 balling, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's crazy that that guy had a bunch of people kill themselves. (laughs) Yeah, no. What a crazy guy. Um, So this book came recommended to me from Nicole, my girlfriend lover uh great girl she read it and she couldn't put it down i read it now disclaimer i have 20 pages left of the book oh shit Um, did i spoil it when i said that people killed themselves so i i kind of think this guy's great like 
great practices, great beliefs. Like, I don't see anything. They keep talking about this poison that they ordered, but like, so what, give what a, give a high level for the listeners. I probably should have gave a high level of what health insurance is, um, but no, uh, <laughs> the high level for the listeners are. I think people kind of know, like, uh, like the phrase "drank the Kool Aid" came from that, right? Right. Yeah. So right. high level overview for the for the listeners. Okay, Jim Jones was a pastor from Indiana. Uh, then he started a temple, which was started as a religious temple called the People's Temple. Uh, Sounds innocuous San- enough. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they moved to San Francisco, where they started a commune. People lived there. And then it kind of went to cult status. And when, um, when was this? And also, what type of this- pastor was he? He, uh, he dabbled in everything. Got it. He was evangelical for a while. Okay. Um, but this was in the late sixties and seventies, 1974 and 75 and 76 are when shit got down, went down for real. And they stopped being a small, weird San Francisco cult among many and started becoming more of a household name. Right. And so they practiced socialism. They were, uh, completely social and the, like the good parts where people were, completely social not anti-social uh they were (laughs) they were people were attracted to the temple because they uh, were all for integration they had black and white people living on their commune they protested all the right things like historically they were on the right side of everything they helped fund the civil rights movement um that so that was great their problem is jim jones is the craziest motherfucker in the world nice (laughs) yeah so he started demanding everybody have sex with him. Oh. He started uh, like drugging 19-year-old girls and having sex with them. He had sex with men sometimes, but like yelled at other people for being gay. Oh, I um, thought you were, before you finished that sentence, I was like, you just compare having sex with another dude to, <laughs> to drugging 19-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, no, I shut up. I should have rushed this together. <laughs> no! Uh, um, yeah, so... He thought he had a lot of enemies. He thought the government was after him mm. all the time. So he moved the temple to Guyana. And lived, that's where Jonestown started. And um, yeah, things are not great there. Not great. But people, people were too, like, they weren't even scared. People thought they were li- living well. Mm. So there's obviously some defectors, people who tried to escape, but like he would hunt them down. This dude was crazy. This dude was insane. Um, and I, like I said, I have 20 pages left. Everything seems fine. Everyone's living good lives. Oh, so this is like the book is just like a straight chronology then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. It's really interesting. Really good book. And this guy also wrote a book on Charles Manson, which I want to read. Oh, nice. I don't know shit about that. Um, but yeah, this is like, you know, you hear the phrase drink the Kool-Aid all the time. But this is really so yeah so basically uh to spoil so, it yeah, right no. like yeah. 40 or 50 people killed themselves right i believe so I and believe then i think they so. left like one or two around to kind of continue to to proselytize i'm not really sure you told me there's a website still? yeah there is still a uh there's an actively maintained website let's let me pull this thing up real quick i'll give it a yeah, little I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up too um like i hope i don't get put on a list for searching this if you ain't already, then. Jones. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to. Yeah, 
wait, no, this can't be. Wait, we're so dumb. There's no website. What? This shit was in like 1970, the 1970s. What what was the website? I, I know, but of? I thought I thought you meant they like they kept going. What the fuck? Oh, sorry, I had Siri. Wait, all right. Let me just see this real quick. Doomsday cult like website. Oh, Heaven's Gate. Oh, that's not the same thing. What is Heaven's Gate? Sorry, I didn't mean to conflate the two. Let me see here. Heaven's Gate was an American UFO religious religious millenarian group based in San Diego. California is just a hotbed of the shit. Yeah, what the fuck? Like Scientology, this yeah. <laughs> people's temple? Yeah, What's yeah, yeah. On, on March, oh, yeah, here we go. On March 26, 1997, police discovered the bodies of 39 members of the group who had participated in a mass suicide in order to reach what they believed was an extraterrestrial spacecraft supporting oh. following Comet Hale Bop. Um, yeah, so this was 39 people to kill themselves. Uh, they still have a very freaking 1997 Web 1.0 um, website up. Um, oh, man. What is with this mass suicide shit? Yeah, I don't know. Like, the people at Jonestown, Jim Jones convinced them because he said it was going to be historic and they would go out as heroes because the government was going to come after them and kill them. So they might as well do it on their own terms. But, like, people, people are so brainwashed that they just did it. What the fuck? Yeah. It's hard to... Like, it's easy to be like, oh, those stupid people. But, like, I don't know. It's kind of hard. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, no. I, I like, actually, I, yeah, the one. Like, I feel bad. I just so feel bad for those people. I don't, like, feel like they're dumb or, like, shit like that. No, totally. And I, I'm being, like, kind of facetious when I say that because the book really gives you, like, an explanation of why these people fell for it and how, like, like, honestly, you can really see, like, people really believed in what he was doing. Sure, and, and I, he, I can't imagine that drugged 19-year-olds were somehow, like, fully aware of their place in the world. <laughs> right, exactly. All the kids that were born into it had no choice except being born into it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, he just, like, upped the crazy to, like, 11 in the past, like, in the, in the last, like, 20 years of his life. Like, they were going around for a long time, and, yeah, they were nuts, but, like, they were, people were doing Harvey Milk went to like five of their meetings because he, in, they were in San Francisco and, and he thought they were a good group for activism. Yeah, the way you described it kind of seemed like, you know, one step forward, 80,000 steps back. <laughs> right, right. Fucking, but like celebrities, Jane Fonda, like people were, people went to their events. That's crazy. Like everyone thought they were on the right side of history and then now everyone's like, ooh, yikes. Yeah, it's like you gotta screw up my record. I, I, I do want to, re- I have to read this uh, excerpt from the Heaven's Gate website. Uh, sure. the, the joy is that our older men also this is I can't really convey this but this is riddled with like weird capitalizations parenthetical remarks and like quotes where there shouldn't be quotes <laughs> um, this is also uh, like mint green text on a starry black background Ooh, yeah. yes. Uh, the joy is that our older member in the evolutionary level above human the kingdom of heaven has made it clear to us that Hale Bop's approach is the marker we've been waiting for Hale Bop is a comment the time for the arrival of the spacecraft from the level above human to take us home to their world in the literal heavens. Our 22 years of classroom here on planet Earth is finally coming to conclusion. Graduation from the human evolutionary level. We are happily prepared to leave this world and go with T's crew. Whoa. This is like... Wow. Wow. 
So, so I just we found doing it? Website too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. This is the uh, see, this uh... is the eclipse that's coming. <laughs> uh, so I'm on their website too. It says we can order a hard copy of their book. Nice. I actually, there's like a form you can fill out for like professional development books at my job. Maybe I should just like uh. request this book. <laughs> yeah, I need a book on tax law and also the hale bop closure of the human evolutionary form. <laughs> Um, I had all these like little jokes I thought about making throughout the whole segment, and then I was like, I don't know, maybe it's too soon. Maybe, <laughs> maybe people don't joke about mass suicide. Yeah, I don't think it's too soon because it. I just don't. I think that there's right. like it only decays to a certain point. Like this is funny from a high level, but it's also like not very funny. Like a lot of really like vulnerable people were manipulated into dying. Right. Exactly. Hands, so. Exactly. Right. Lol. Well. Ha ha. Ha ha. Which, in a similar way, hot take alert, is what Congress is doing with the ACA. (laughs) Holy shit, full circle (laughs) hot take. Oh my god. Another episode of Hot Takes, baby. Hot Takes podcast. (laughs) All right. Well, I can't think of a better way to bring this podcast to a screeching halt (laughs) than to talk about about mass suicide. Me neither. Uh, good, good chatting with you. I hope you have a good evening. Uh, if you happen to see my mom, because I know you guys both live in New York City, only 11 mm-hmm. million people there. If you see my mom, tell her happy birthday. If not, mom, happy birthday. Oh, <laughs> Wait, so, so if not, if I don't see her, that's the only way you're going to say happy birthday? Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. And I'm probably going to edit sure to... this like in, in usual style, like 80 days late. So it's like, yeah. So it's almost her next birthday. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, happy birthday, Will's mom, and happy birthday, anybody else whose birthday it is. Goodbye. Goodbye. The catch up is Will R. and Noah Shore, with executive production by Noah Shore. Our intro music is by Headlong Snipers. And our outro music is by Skirt. Thanks to our sponsor, the paperclip from Microsoft Office.